This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Well, today we get to wonder in the Yud verse or the 10th verse of the fifth chapter of the Song of Solomon and the idea of the letter Yud in Hebrew, and I think that this has everything to do with that, is it is the 10th verse and the idea of Yud, when you might recall in the Yud section of the 119th Psalm, the very first verse is you know, teach me thy statutes and I will keep them unto the end. Or actually, if you look at it closely in Hebrew, it's into the because, you know, and the idea is because Abraham believed God, it was counted into him as righteousness. In other words, that's the because of all that is that if we could keep his statutes, the wonder of that, if we could keep them, then we could be like, like God saw Abraham because he did this, then I am going to bless you. You know, and that's the idea of the wonder of the Yud to my extent. (laughs) And so here comes this unbelievable situation where these, well, it's really a neat situation. I shouldn't say it's unbelievable. The daughters of Jerusalem, you know, are wondering why in the world are you, you know, coming after us, helping us, having us go look for your beloved. You know, what's the big deal here? What's the big deal? And so here we have her testify and it's really really neat that here we have the holy spirit and solomon showing us you know a list of why he is all that he is and he starts off with this one short verse which is verse 10 my beloved is white and ruddy the chiefest among 10,000 and so when we look at that <laughs> there's a, quite a contrast here between the white and ruddy and the chiefest among 10,000. And so if you look at what Rashi says, the great Hebrew commentator uh, says about the white and ruddy, he compares it to Lamentations 4, I think it might be 6, where uh, Jeremiah is is describing the Nazarites that are going to be punished, but they were purer, whiter than milk, and they were redder than rubies. And the idea being that this idea of a pure boy, you know, that boy that's young and white and he's been running out in the field with all that excitement. And so you have this idea of this innocent child, this boy. And and I think that's very, very true. In the case of, of Matthew Henry, of course, he took the white and compared it to clearly, you know, absolutely clean and glorious and the red to be the blood of Christ in the in the resurrection. And I think that's true too. But there's another angle to this white and ruddy, I, I think, which is really cool. And I, I love the idea of the of the boy man idea. And I'll get more to that in a minute. But the idea of white and ruddy, if you look at the words in Hebrew, the word that's translated white there could easily be translated dazzling. Okay. And the word that's tra- uh, translated ruddy. It's the exact same word as Adam. And in fact, you pronounce it Adam, <laughs> okay? And so the word ruddy has to do with um, Adam. And, and interestingly, when you think about Jesus is the bedazzled, <laughs> or whatever you want to say, the glorified Adam. I mean, he's the one that God had intended what Adam should have been had he lived out his entire mission the way God had hoped. And, and, of course, it is what God had hoped that Jesus, you know, made it 
through. And so he is all that, right? He is a glorified Adam, but he is also a boy. Um, with uh, When you look in the, in the eyes of a boy, this is what you see. And, and I love, love, love the fact that we teach um, boot camps at Masculine Journey, and I often get to, to do the very first talk, and that first talk is the core desires of a man's heart, where we talk about, you know, if we could see what a real man was, if we could get a look at what a real man was, then we would, you know, be able to, um, you know, get on the masculine journey, so to speak. Well, the only real man that ever lived that we know of was Jesus. So if we could get a real good look at Jesus, you know, then we would go to look at authentic manhood. And, and so it's interesting. We, we take up, hold up two pictures of what a real man looks like, one being uh, Mr. Rogers and the other one being William Rogers. <laughs> I mean, not William Rogers, William Wallace. <laughs> That's pretty funny. William Wallace. And, and if you look at the movie Braveheart of that picture of William Wallace, then you get this idea because it starts out when he's a boy and he's innocent and he's running out in the field and he's wanting to protect his his family and all these things that you see as this white and ruddy boy with a boy heart. And every little boy you ever saw loves adventure and they love to protect and they love to play army and they lo love all those things. But at some point in time, they're training to be a general, <laughs> a king. And, and therein lies the picture of William Wallace when he, you know, is standing there in front of the whole army of Scot of Scotsmen, when he says, as they're fixing to run off the battlefield, he says, you know, they say, what? What are you going to not fight? And they know we're going to run. And he said, run, and you may live for a while, but someday, you know, lying in your beds, <laughs> would you be willing to trade all those past days to this for just one chance, one chance to go back and tell our enemies you can take away our life, but you can't take away our freedom in doing so right he's presenting the gospel if you're if you're willing to give up your life you can live and, and he's leading all these men of scotland into this battle for freedom which is exactly what jesus is doing for all of us right he, he's showing us the value of doing battle in this life because you know, as John Eldridge points out, I think so well that our life is like a, a, a love story that's set in the midst of this great battle. And we're going to need that warrior heart, but we're going to need that little boy that is white and ruddy, that loves adventure and is, and is um, marvels and all these little things in life. I mean, when, when you see that. So I love, love, love that idea that, that, that is shared here, because when they say that he's White and ruddy, you got the boy, but then he's the chiefest among 10,000. And the idea there is that chiefest word is that of a flag or a standard, right? <laughs> and, and so he is the standard. And, and there's no doubt that, the, that, that when you look at the 10,000, I mean, he is the Lord of angel armies. And so here you have this, this unbelievable boy man so to speak when you picture david you can't help but see that he was he was white and ruddy and the chiefest among ten thousands and this is his son you know in all that god had, had meant to glorify him with so when you think about you know <laughs> what does this look like well the thing that i can't help but think about with adam is the, is the idea of this father the, the the first letter in the word adam is the father 
and the next letter is a, a Dalid and a Mem. And so you get this picture of the father's servant, which is the Dalid, and the love, the father's love, which is the Mem, which is, in fact, Jesus and, and that idea of more. And, and the, the connection that I'm making there that I think is critical to the idea of this chiefest among 10,000, this idea of ruddy, is that Jesus, if anything, was connected to the father constantly right? Turning to the Father, doing all these things with the Father. And, and so when you, I look into my boyhood and I go, when was I right, white and ruddy, but at the same point in time, right there, united with my Father. And there was no better place for my Father and I <laughs> when it came to that than fishing. We enjoyed doing it clear to the end of his days. But I'll never forget one time he took me musky fishing on Lake St. Clair in Michigan. And he took me with a couple of his business associates, and they'd hired a, a, a professional guide to take us out musky fishing, and he had these handmade lures, which were huge, and, and we were trolling them behind this boat, something I love to do to this day, um, is I get to fish on the lake I live on. But, the, but what happened was one of my father's friends actually hooked this big, huge muskie. But what he did, what that friend did in fathering me, honestly, because he could see how excited I was the whole trip, you know, checking my lure all the time, making sure that, you know, I didn't, always expecting to have a fish any, any minute. And I'm sure that man saw that. And so when he hooked that muskie, he handed me the pole. And then my father and the guide and all brought in this 15-pound muskie. And I was being fathered by... Uh, my father, I was being fathered by the man who gave me his pole and I was being fathered by the guide all at the same time. And I, I, I really think that's a picture of what it is that we are <laughs> to be as, as a picture of Adam, right? That, 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 that Jesus is all that. Not only is he white and ruddy and the chiefest among 10,000, but Adam the main idea was that he was not supposed to be separated from God in the garden. They were supposed to be father and son, right? That, that That's the deal. And, and Adam being our father, it's so critical to us that he be connected to the father, God the father. And so that's why we need Jesus in order that to happen. And so when I think about this whole idea of white and ruddy, that I don't want to miss the idea that Jesus was all those, but he was so connected to the Father throughout his whole ministry. And and that is my prayer for all of us today, that we would think about if somebody came to us and said, what would, what would you say, you know, that your lover is, is, is so amazing that, that we should, you would charge us so, you know, what would you say exactly? And, and I would not only mention that he was white and ruddy, and I would not only mention that he was a picture of what Adam should be, and I wouldn't only mention that he is the, you know, the, the commander of angel armies, but he's also very, very connected to the Father and very, very connected to me. <laughs> In other words, it's my way to the Father is through Jesus, okay? <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus said. I'm the way to what? I'm the way to the Father, and so my way to the Father is through Jesus, through that idea of Adam, right? Because that Aleph is the Father and the servant of the Son who made them my way that I could be that because that's what Adam was supposed to be for me and what he really is as a result of Jesus' life. 
Thank you so much for listening. 